You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Podcast. I get in trouble whenever I say this on the podcast, uh, and I kind of have Tourette, so I totally want to say it this is one of the here's a story here's a website one of those times i am just so glad that i am a dude and so is my spouse i am so glad to be a fag right now i am so happy to be gay Uh, i was so i still am so happy but i was so happy to be gay the day i heard about findhisporn.com it is a website it's a computer program for women uh that's why it's called findhisporn.com. I'm not. Uh, so it's a website for women who want to, are you with me? Find his porn, who want to spy on their boyfriends, who want to go digging for the porn that their boyfriends or husbands are courteous enough to hide away. It's not good enough that he tells you that he won't look in porn and then, you know, buries it, deletes his browser history. Uh, that's not good enough. You're going to go full on goddamn KGB on his ass and go dig his fucking porn up because you're such an insecure bag of shit. And, you know, when I say, when, when I read stories like that, I go, God, I am glad I'm gay. Women who, particularly women who listen to my podcast, they get upset because I'm generalizing here about 3.5 billion women and 3.5 billion men. And, you know, when you make those kind of generalizations, there will be tens, if not hundreds of millions of exceptions. The odds that women who are not offended by their boyfriend or husband's porn viewing habits, the odds that those women are listening to, to my show are really high. So everyone who can hear, the, hear my voice right now, every vagina haver out there who can hear my voice right now, I don't mean you uh, when I rant. Uh, this rant is not directed at you. This rant is directed at the women who aren't listening to my show, the women who believe that they have some sort of God-given right to police the erotic imaginations, the private... Uh, masturbatory fantasy moments of their husbands and boyfriends. Like him dating you, him committing to you, him marrying to you is somehow him ceding to you all rights to privacy that he has none. Uh, no rights to erotic privacy. And they and that's bullshit. And also this completely irrational idea that you're going to get a man who doesn't look at porn or you're going to take a man and make him into a man who doesn't look at porn. All men look at porn. Once again, going to cite that study in the UK where they wanted to compare uh, men who view porn with men who don't view porn, and they had to shut the study down because they couldn't find any men who don't view porn for the control group. So they had to shut the fucking study down. All men look at porn. You just have to accept that. So anyway, this the, this website broke last week, findhisporn.com. And it's called findhisporn.com. It's not called find their porn or find the porn. It's findhisporn.com. And it exists to... I don't know, balm the insecurities or uh, worsen the insecurities, salt the wounds of women out there who are wondering if their husbands and boyfriends are looking at porn. And ladies, if it has a penis, it's looking at porn. All right? If you're not finding the porn because it's not under the mattress, it's not, uh, you know, he's, you know, you look through the browser history and it's not there, uh, 
That doesn't mean he's not looking at porn. That just means he's considerate enough not to look at it in such a way that rubs your nose in it. He's aware that you don't care for him looking at porn, that you don't like porn, that it makes you feel bad or insecure. So he limits his porn viewing uh, to such an extent that there's no evidence of it that's evident. And so somebody thought it would be a really great idea to create a website that would go digging for the fucking porn. Here's what it says on the site. Find his porn. Perfect for boyfriends, husbands, kids. I, I don't even know what to say. Uh, you know, if you want a companion animal that you can castrate, get a dog. Don't get a boyfriend. Don't get a husband. Get a dog. And if the porn isn't out, you know, the only workable compromise for, you know, women who don't like porn, who are married to men who do, and that's all men, women who don't like porn, who are married to men, and they all like porn, the only workable compromise is that he pays you the courtesy of lying to your face and telling you who doesn't look at porn, and then covering his tracks, and then you repay him that courtesy if and when you should you know, he should accidentally leave some porn lying around and you find it, of pretending you didn't find it, of turning a blind eye. That's how you, that's the only workable compromise when there's a conflict over porn. He pretends not to look, you pretend to believe him. But if you go looking for his fucking porn, A, uh, that's an invasion of his privacy, and he has a right to privacy too, uh, and B, fuck you, and C, I hope you find it. I really do. I really hope you find it. I hope you find it sooner rather than later, so that he leaves your ass. Frankly. And again, I realize I'm not talking to the women who would ever use this site. Because the women who would use this site wouldn't listen to my show. So God bless all the women who listen to my show. Because you're not the kind of controlling, castrating dingbats who would ever make use of findhisporn.com's product. But to those other women, please go find his porn. Because hopefully that will bring about the end of the relationship, which will be doing him a huge favor. Or you're going to find shit that's going to give you a goddamn heart attack. You know, there are guys out there who are looking at porn uh, to to scare themselves, to shock themselves. He may have watched midget bestiality porn one day for a laugh because some friend sent him a link. Uh, he may be he may have some secret fetish or kink that he never has any intention of acting on. That will never ask you to participate in it. Uh, and just the the little bit of porn he watches that addresses that need uh, is all he needs to scratch that itch so he can keep it under control and never actually have to make it manifest. He's never going to want to shit in your mouth, right? But please, God, you know, if that's his kink and you find his porn and you can never kiss him again, good. Because then it'll be well fucking rid of you. Oh, my God. Anyway, this is the Savage Lovecast. I'm Dan Savage. Uh, I am still on the road. Uh, and that was a very long rant about porn. You know who's with me because I'm still on the road uh, taping Savage U for MTV. Haters out there might want to turn off the show now. We've gotten some uh, notes from people who say the minute they hear her voice, they turn off the podcast. But I actually think that, that we've gotten more positive responses about you, Lucy, than negative responses. Oh, hello. <laughs> Don't giggle. That's what the haters say. Know, they hate, they hate your laugh. I can't help it. No fucking laughing. You're so cute. Now, now porn. Mm -hmm. You're a straight lady. Mm -hmm. You date penis havers. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about it? And, you know, you don't have to tell me what you think I might want to hear. Do you do you mind it if your boyfriend looks at porn? No. I, well, I actually, I want to watch it, too. <laughs> I always want to know what they're watching because I'm so curious. But guys are shy about that. Why are they shy about it? Probably because they're freaks. 
maybe guys like to have a little zone of privacy. And that's fine. That's fine. But I, I'm always curious to see what they're looking at, what girls they think are hot, and what things they're curious about. So and I like it. Not to have a meltdown. No. Not to rake oh. them over the coals about it. Oh, no, no. Not at all. To watch together. Have you asked boyfriends to look at porn with you and they've they've declined? They've they've preferred to keep that yeah. private jack-off time? Yeah, I feel like they get nervous. That I'll you freak know, out. But... You know why they get nervous they freak out? Uh-huh. Because they probably have had ten other girlfriends before you who freaked the <laughs> fuck out on them about it. They said, oh, let me watch your porn with you. Really, I'd really like to know what you're doing. Oh, what? That? Oh, my God. Bleh. You want to do that to me? Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she says, I want to watch your porn with you. And the first thing that comes up is like... A double penetration anal gangbang ends with a facial, and the girl sitting there going like, oh. <laughs> right? I guess. <laughs> I don't know. They've always kept it vanilla for me, ah. which is sad. It's sad. It makes me, I'm like, oh, show me something weird. <laughs> That's, I'm weird, so I guess. You are weird. Sorry. Is there any circumstance under which you would use findhisporn.com to go find his porn if you were dating someone? Yeah, but not to be... Not to get them in trouble or yell at them, but because it's like, I just want to know things about him. And I just would want to know, like, well, does he want to do something that I'm not doing? And so what that, you, in that instance. What if you find midget bestiality porn? Like a lot of it? Yeah. What I then? don't know. If I really liked him, I'd be like, well, I'm not a midget. <laughs> but maybe I can dress up like a horse or something. You have tiny little midget hands. <laughs> I do. I do have little midget hands. Little people hands. I don't think we're supposed I'm to say sorry. Oh, sorry. One thing you don't know about Lucy listening to the podcast is Lucy has freak circus freak tiny hands. She's a normal sized human being, average size. Yeah. Uh, but then you have these itty bitty tiny mitten fingers. It's baby really hands. baby hands. Yeah. Like baby mannequin hands. <laughs> it freaks me out when you hand me something. Sorry. <laughs> I could never accept a hand job from you. I'd be too. <laughs> have your boyfriends been similarly unnerved? No. I think they think it's cute and precious that I have, like, these tiny little hands. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe tiny, maybe those, that's part of their fetish I don't know about. Can those tiny little hands give uh, a competent hand job? I think so. I think I do. You'd have to call my boyfriend. <laughs> we'll see what we'll do. We'll call your boyfriends after this. Oh, perfect. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash savage. This episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com, where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive 50% off most any item, plus three adult DVDs, plus an extra gift, plus free shipping, visit adamandeve.com and enter savage at checkout. Dan Savage, hello. I think your show is amazing. Thank you so much for everything that you do. Um, I'm calling because I have sort of the opposite problem uh, as some guys. Um, I'm 29 years old, and I pop wood, like, instantly. I get uh, I get erections very easily um, at the first, like, possibility of uh, intimacy with a female. Um, I'm calling specifically because I'm just leaving from making out with a girl, made out with her a couple times before, um, I think she's kind of religious, so I'm taking it slow. I'm not pushing anything, not trying to do anything below the waist, so to speak. But I'm popping wood like as soon as I get even close to making out with her or thinking about making out with her. And uh, I masturbated before I went over to her apartment and also masturbated earlier in the day before that. But it doesn't seem to have much of an impact. I still just 
instantaneously pop wood anyway. And uh, if it's with a a woman that I'm already fooling around with, it's not as much of a big deal. Um, you know, like, women in the past have, like, appreciated it. You know, when we reach that level of intimacy that I, you know, get excited so so readily. Um, and the other part of my question, you know, like, when, when that's not the case, it can be a little bit more awkward. Um, and the other part of the question is um, how how easily, um, how obvious is it to uh, a female when a guy, you know, has a boner and they're making out and, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Um, so for Lucy or whomever else, just in general, how quickly do, do women notice? Thanks so much. Appreciate everything you do. Uh, have a good day. So what's worse? You're making out with a guy, and there's a real obvious boner in his pants pressing against you, or there's no boner in his pants, nothing pressing against you. All you can feel is when he presses against you is the change in his pockets. Nothing would make me cry. <laughs> I would be terrified. I think it's sexy. I don't know. I, want, I like knowing that someone's turned on by me. That's what's so great about guys, because it's like... Obvious. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so I, I like it. I wouldn't even consider this a problem. I think it's a great problem to have. Uh, yeah, it's, he seems to suddenly have some insecurities about it because he's dating a girl who is conservative and a Christian and a mm-hmm. virgin and saving it, from, if I remember correctly. Uh, you know, the virtue in saving it is that you're not doing something you desperately do want to do. There's no virtue in refraining from doing something you have no interest in. There's no virtue in refraining from sticking it in her because you're impotent. Like, I, I think that even she, I would hope, even she would appreciate, even more would appreciate your restraint knowing that you're tremendously, tremendously aroused in her presence and when she's making out with you. Uh, and then you don't push the issue. You don't beg and plead. You don't try to wheedle her out of you know the commitment that she's made. Uh, you don't try to stick it in her. Uh, even knowing that you would probably would like to very much because you're so goddamn rock hard. So this is, yeah, I would, I would file this under non-problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're worried about it, I would ask her. And if she has any sort of weirdness about the fact that you're aroused when you're making out with her, then I would break up with her. I wouldn't, you know, if you want to hang in there because she's, you know, doesn't want to be sexually active and wants to be a virgin on her wedding night, and you're willing to go there for her, she's been very clear about what she is and is not willing to do, great. Uh, if she has some sort of unrealistic expectations about male anatomy and the way men respond to physical stimuli, like making out with pretty girls, then she's batshit, and you should run screaming. If she thinks your erection is a problem now, she's going to think your erections are problems later. Like, after marriage, she's going to think your erections are problems always. She's probably, you know, if she thinks your erections are a problem now, she probably already has findhisporn.com on her computer, perhaps even on yours, and you should run screaming. Yeah, I would, I would, you know, he directed the question to you, but you could direct that to me. I make out with guys. Yeah. I, I like to feel that well, stiff thing pressing against whatever part of my body is closest. Yeah, and well, I mean, I know this might be hard to believe, but I was a virgin once also. No. I was once, I think for like five months. It never bothered me. I was always... Like, that's exciting to know that someone's turned on by you, and you're like, I'm just making out with you. That's great. When's the last time you, you, you got to feel that way? Uh, <laughs> um, September. It's really sad, isn't it? No, it, one's, no one's gotten laid on our traveling sex show. As much as I talk about it, and... <laughs> we talk about nothing else. No. And nobody's gotten laid. No. I haven't even made out with anyone. You know who's getting laid? 
Yeah. The tech savvy at risk youth back in Seattle. Uh, they're constantly getting laid. That's unfair. They are getting it, getting it, getting it. You know, they're they're putting the show together now without me there to be the the old fag killjoy in the room. They're like in the sound room editing the show together that when we send them these files and then I'm sure they're just banging on the table in between takes because I'm not there to to, to ruin the mood. <laughs> Looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com for a limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. There's more. You'll also receive three free adult DVDs, plus a free extra gift, plus free shipping on your entire order. Check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. That's adamandeve.com and enter Savage at checkout. Hi, Dan. Um, I'm Sarah from Portland. I'm a 24-year-old straight woman. And about five months ago, I started sleeping with this guy and um, blossomed into a really amazing relationship kind of surprised both of us and we've been together since i love him dearly he's a wonderful loving person i can't say better things about him and uh i want to i want to be with him for a long time i'm really i'm really happy but um about a month ago he was looking for a place to live we decided he should move in with me he's it, overall it's been going well he's been moving his stuff in a couple of weeks ago i he was just unpacking, rearranging, totally accidentally. I, I ran across several pair of sexy women's underwear, and I was completely taken aback. I had no idea what to do. My first reaction is he likes to wear women's underwear, and that's not my kink. And, I, you know, I would have wanted to talk about it, but it's not that big a deal. But um, these are clearly... Like women, a woman's underwear, like well worn, clean, but well worn by a woman. And I, I didn't say anything at the time. I was completely surprised that I crossed this boundary. I didn't know it was there. Um, I left it alone. Later, I saw him like hiding them surreptitiously in the closet. And so, I mean, I know I really wasn't supposed to find them, and I felt confused and surprised and guilty. And now I just keep thinking about it. And keep worrying about it, and uh, I can't think of any reason why they would exist. I mean, are they his ex-girlfriend? He's this weird ex-girlfriend. He seems fixated on sometimes, and uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm being irrational. We've had really honest conversations in the past, and this time I just don't know how to bring it up. This is the weirdest thing that's ever come up between us, and I don't know how to just bring it up out of the blue. There's an explanation. He's kinky a little bit. He's got a little uh, kink for women's underwear. If it, if they appear to be, you know, well-worn, not cross-dressy kind of underpants, he's probably one of those guys who's collected a pair of underpants from every girl that he's been with. Some guys are a little OCD when it comes to that sort of shit. Uh, you should be able to just toss this out there. You know what you know and you can't unknow it. What you have to ask yourself is, you know, wonderful guy, you really like him, you really click, you really connect. Seems like this is a small price to pay. I talk about that price of admission all the time. Seems like either accepting this and just saying, all right, this is part of his sexual makeup. He's got a little bit of a, a kink and a freak on for, you know, the conquest collection and just telling him that you think it's a little weird, but whatever, okay, he's worth it. 
Uh, and, and then to be over it, this as kinks go and weirdnesses go, this is small beans, small potatoes, not that much to worry about, and really nothing you should be inhibited about asking him about. You lucked out. If this is it, if this is his big, dark testosterone OCDE, if this is his big, dark testosterone OCDE kink, that he's got a pair of panties from, you know, his first couple of high school girlfriends and maybe a girl he hooked up with once that he keeps around, that maybe he wears every once in a while and it's kind of his little private thing. That's great. That, that's, you know, it's not going to tax you in any way. It's not like he you, you suddenly discovered that he's got a thing for the latex gimp suit from American Horror Story and you're going to have to wear it every Saturday night from now until... You know, you're 72 and the grandkids are sleeping in the next room. But, you know, these are the kind of questions I get where people, you know, they stumble across. Usually the girl, sorry, this is turning into a girl bashing show. Usually the girl stumbles across some evidence. You know, the guy has tucked away and clearly feels a little insecure and ashamed about. Perhaps because previous girlfriends have found it and freaked the fuck out and it's led to disastrous fights or the ends of relationships and ugly breakups in the past. So he's been trained to hide this shit because people can be irrationally insecure and psychotic about this kind of shit, particularly when it's mementos. You know, I get letters from people who want their boyfriends or girlfriends to throw away prom pictures and love letters and everything that's a part of their romantic history well he may have a sexual thing for holding on to these talismanic souvenirs of his sexual history does it threaten you in any way does it cost you anything no all it costs you is cracking your mind open an inch or two so that there's room for this part of who he is sexually in in you in your relationship in your conception of him, that he's still a wonderful guy, he's still just as loving and sweet and worthy of your time and affection as he was before, and he's got a little bit of a, of a freak on for women's panties. You've been very quiet. Hi. Do you have anything to say about this? No, I just keep thinking about all the trophies that I have from past relationships and how a girl would never keep a dude's underwear because it's... You- Gross. You collect left testicles. Yeah. You have a big I jar. Keep a jar. I keep it in my suitcase <laughs> when I travel on the road. Big jar of formaldehyde filled jar topped off with yeah. testicles. But, like, I mean, and girls will wear, like, I know I still wear, like, t shirts and all kinds, like, from my high school boyfriend. It doesn't mean anything to me, but I don't want to get rid of it. But it's not jock straps. No. They're not, they're so not that's the like, difference. panties are sexually charged, erotically charged items of clothing. Oh, yeah. So keeping those around means. And some people have a problem with this. Keeping panties around means he's probably huffing them, maybe using them as a cum rag, maybe mm. wearing them every once in a while. That he, that he keeps them around because everyone, you know, he wants to pull them out for a, stro- a masturbatory stroll down memory lane. He wants to look at them, remember what he can remember, right. and enjoy those memories. And some people are really insecure about that. I have a friend who, who whose boyfriend in high school was with the, like, quarterback secretly and they were you know they were you know the quarterback would come around to his house late at night when his parents were asleep and they would have craze ball gay sex all night long and then the quarterback wouldn't speak to him in the hallways at school would have nothing to do with him and he's still this guy this really you know really good friend of mine his boyfriend still has like some you know pairs of underwear a jock strap that belonged to this guy and they're sort of you know 
what's a reverse of kryptonite? These articles of clothing are so charged mm. that he hangs on to them because they just make him remember a really heady and sexy time in his life. And, you know, his boyfriend, his credit, isn't threatened by these things. He thinks it's kind of sweet and charming and a little weird and isn't trying to come between his boyfriend and his very special souvenirs of a time <laughs> in his life. So don't come between... This is way too long now, but don't come between him and his panties. No. And he's, he's probably... He knows you saw them. He know, knows you found them. And he's sweating what your reaction is going to be. So just go to the boyfriend say, the panties, what are the panties about, without any judgment in your tone of voice. And then I predict it'll be one of two things. He either likes to wear them or they're from previous girlfriends slash conquests and he likes to keep them around. And then tell him, oh, okay, keep them around, put them away, um, enjoy your private thoughts, moments, master sessions, whatever with those. Uh, and let it be. And then, you know, if it bothers you, if it irks you, just remember that he's a wonderful guy. You have a really strong connection. The sex is awesome. You love him. And putting up with this as shit you have to put up with in a relationship goes is doable. Pretty doable. And you're not going to get a guy that you're not going to have to put up with some shit in the relationship, right? There's no, no. there's no guy who's not going to have some thing, some weirdness, some kink, some fetish, some porn collection, some whatever. And there's no girl. Like, girls aren't exactly easy either. Everybody has to put up with some shit. You gotta take the good with the bad, as they say. That's a cliche for a reason. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 100,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook. To give you a chance to try out their service, one audiobook or audio album to consider is My Secret Public Journal Live, Mike Birbiglia's stand-up album. It is brilliant. He is hilarious, a frequent contributor to This American Life, and all-around hilarious and insightful. And if you haven't been exposed to Mike Birbiglia yet, this is a good way to expose yourself. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash savage. That is audiblepodcast.com slash savage. Hey, Dan. Uh, this is a 18-year-old boy from uh, northern Canada. I have a question. I just went out with a guy. Um, it was somewhat successful, kind of. Anyway, by the end of it, he, um, well, we went to go see a movie and uh, I was fine, but, but by the end of it, he, uh, he asked me, um, what kind of dick I had. And, uh, I told him and he kind of got scared and he probably, and he doesn't talk to me anymore. Uh, he doesn't text me. He doesn't talk to me. Nothing. He asked me what kind of dick I had. And I said, I had a, an uncircumcised dick. And apparently to him, he found that really grotesque and wrong or something and grossed out. I don't know what it was. And, uh, and yeah, so, I don't know, I don't know, is it normal for people to be grossed out by uncircumcised penises? Like, should I feel, you know, weird? I don't know. Because I'm kind of feeling very insecure at the moment, uh, and I don't really know what to do. Like, is circumcision an option? Should I do it? Should I not? I would love to hear what you think. Well, I think this guy should definitely have his penis mutilated to please the impolite uh, douchebag who, upon hearing that he was uncircumcised, refused to return his calls or texts. I think that's absolutely the right thing to do. Definitely go and get circumcised. But I, I think you disagree. You think he should go get circumcised? 
That is insanity. <laughs> no, I don't think he should go and get circumcised. That's insane. Absolutely not. No, no, no. This guy sucks. Yeah, the guy is a a bag of uncut dicks. Don't you, you don't get <laughs> circumcised because somebody is so uh, judgmental, fearful, insecure. I don't know what to even call this guy. Uh, half, roughly half of uh, guys your age, eighteen ish, these days are not circumcised. Uh, you are not a f- circus freak. There's a lot of guys out there who prefer uncut guys. Um, that this guy would reject you for this reason alone, without ever having gone to bed with you, without, without ever having been with you, just points to his ignorance and his you know inability to see past the end of his own dick. <laughs> You no, absolutely you shouldn't get circumcised, and, and, and in a way, this guy did you a favor. Mm-hmm. If this is how he judges people, uh, and this is how he behaves when something isn't exactly to his liking, uh, and he's unwilling at his young age to you know, push his own limits, expand his boundaries and his horizons, to challenge himself to think, well, I've never been with a guy who's uncut before, but I really like this guy, so I'm going to see what that's like. That he's unwilling to make that leap for you just proves that he wasn't worth your time. Or your attention or your affections. Fuck him. Or don't. Don't fuck him. <laughs> don't. No one should fuck him. Hopefully no one ever will fuck him. Oh. I hope he meets no one in the... Re- I, I'm going to put a curse on him. A savage love cast curse. He will never meet another guy ever in his entire life who isn't uncut. He's going to have to suck a thousand uncut dicks. And go find guys who are uh, cut or uncut but not insecure, judgmental hateful, inconsiderate, rude, little bags of cut dicks. Do you have a preference, cut or uncut? No. I don't care either way. Really? I'm equal opportunist. <laughs> You're an equal opportunity dick licker? Mm-hmm. Bring it on. Hey, Dan. I was wondering if you could answer a simple question for me, just some definitions. <laughs> and maybe it's being pedantic, but... I don't know, looking up on the internet, you know, in terms of trying to educate yourself about sex, it's like looking up something about, you know, medical stuff. Like, you just don't, all you get is crazy stuff, and you don't know what's going on. So, um, cuckold, what does that mean? I mean, is, is to me, from what I've seen in the world, it seems to be always having to do with this, like, shame, humiliation, Thing. And I'm bringing this up because you just mentioned when you're with the last podcast about the cream pie. I never knew exactly knew exactly what that meant about eating it, but now it makes sense eating some other guys. I just I don't understand what happens. What what are you if you are cool with sharing and you think it's a turn on to watch your wife get fucked or whatever? But this whole like shame and humiliation and being like like some of the Porn online is like guys like handcuffed and dressed up in women's panties or like a ball gag or like to me that seems to be a whole separate so the humiliation cuckold it seems to be different than just yeah to turn on to share my life um, and actually not be humiliated by it and not be made to feel inferior um, is that like are there like two different kinds or I don't know can, can you clear that up for me do you know what a cuckold is no. Is that the first time you've heard that term? Yes. Would you like Uncle Danny to explain it to you? Show me. No, I can't, <laughs> I can't show you. I'd need a wife, and I'd need another straight dude. 
Uh, so me. And a ball gag and some handcuffs and women's panties. Um, <laughs> a cuckold is somebody whose wife cheats on him, and he knows, or other people know, and he is humiliated in that process. Like The whole world knows that his wife is sleeping around on him, and he is a cuckold. Does he consent to it, or he is this is like a behind-the-back deal? Well, in you know, a man can be a cuckold uh, without his consent, without even knowing it. Other people might know that he's been cuckolded. His okay. wife is cheating on him. But cuckolding the fetish and cuckolding the sort of cuck community... Uh, sort of scene, those are guys who get off on it. They want their wives to sleep with other men, cheat on them, tell them about it, rub their noses in it. They even want guys to, you know, come over to their houses. uh, You know, they want their wife to have a boyfriend or a regular or a bull who comes over to the house, you know, belittles him, verbally humiliates him, and then fucks his wife in front of him. And some guys, you know, these are straight guys. Mm -hmm. Some guys take it as far as, you know, sucking his sucking his dick after he fucks his wife. And like it can get insanely sort of double backflip homo hetero, no homo hetero sort of contact because how much more humiliating it is when, you know, know, your wife is cheating on you and you have to suck the guy's dick after he comes in your wife. Like the shit that goes on in cuckland is some of it so gay but not gay at all. It's crazy, but the whole idea of cuckolding involves a degree of humiliation play uh, and degradation play, and you're not man enough, and this guy with a bigger dick is going to come in and fuck your wife, or this younger guy is going to fuck your wife. Um, what you want, caller, if what you're looking for is that you know married man and wife and an, another dude or another couple, that's just uh, swinging if it's another couple or couples, or hot wifing if it's just one dude who is delighted to share his super sexy wife with another dude and is aroused by the idea of his wife being with somebody else and watching his wife with someone else, but is not at all humiliated by it. Uh, that is hot wifing. And, you know, ironically, the cuckold isn't really humiliated by his wife. The, the, the person who's aroused by the idea of being a cuckold, mm. he wants his wife to sleep with somebody else. So do you. If you're just into hot wifing, mm-hmm. the cuckold just wants this added level of, you know, consensual BDSM, dom sub degradation play. You know, cops and robbers are grown ups with their pants off as a part of it. This eroticized uh, power exchange in that moment. You know, because the world tells you you're not supposed to want your wife to sleep with other people, and you do want your wife to sleep with other people. And so you may eroticize that as, I want my wife to do this but i want to pretend in the moment that i don't want this and she's going to do it anyway and make me accept that and shove it down my throat literally as is sometimes the case and it just becomes you know snm consensual bdsm play with the other guy being you know st- you know instead of your wife flogging you the other guy is the whip i like it you learn something new every day <laughs> yay isn't that yay? What's in that yay? Does that mean yay? One day I'm going to have a cuckold for a husband. What do you mean by that? I don't know. That's interesting, though. That's so. It's so complex. It is There's complex. so much going on. Like, how did two people arrive at that decision? Like, well, usually, almost invariably, it's the husband who brings it up. Mm. Uh, and I, you know, I've heard from people who where the the husband brought it up and he wanted to his wife sleep with other men and tell him about it. Cause it turned him on to hear about it, to think about it, to think about other men with his wife. And, and you know, that is a real, you know, infidelity is a, is a big fear. And mm-hmm. a lot of kinks are just eroticized fears. Uh, and to take that fear that, you know, your wife is going to cheat on you and make it's, uh, to take that insecurity, that lemon, and make it into bonerade is basically <laughs> what a lot of people's erotic imaginations have done. Almost invariably, the, the husband initiates it, the wife reluctantly agrees, and then 
really likes it and gets into it. Uh, and I've heard from guys who initiated cuckold play with their wives, enjoyed it for a while and wanted to stop. And the wife was like, no, no. That's awesome. You've created a monster. <laughs> I really like this now and I want to keep doing it. Oh my gosh. And you can't just have, you know, talked me into this uh, and held my hand and and walked me through this and now decide because it doesn't turn you on anymore, we're not going to do it anymore. It didn't turn me on so much when we started. Now it's too late. God bless them. God, yeah, people are weird and different. I right? love it. Hey, Dan. Um, I have a question. I guess I'm just curious on your opinion. There have been a number of things in the news recently, like the Penn State coach and molesting young boys, and that's a bad thing. But I have a question. How does that fit with the whole fantasy of some gay men to, well, have fun with their coach? Because I, thinking back to when I was younger, I would have been so happy if my big, muscular, masculine English teacher had kept me after class and done things which would probably have gotten him fired. I mean, it's a porno fantasy, right? The young guy getting fucked by his coach or fucking his coach or whatever. But if it actually happens, it's definitely not all right, and we definitely aren't okay with it, and I fully understand that logic. So how does that flow? That was the worst butt in the history of butts. (laughs) That butt came out of his mouth, and we were both like, uh. Because at Penn State, we're not talking about sort of a fantasy scenario of an older high school student and a young coach. At Penn State, we're talking about 10-year-olds being anally raped in the shower by guys in their 50s and 60s, or a guy in his late 50s and early 60s. Um, And there's nothing sexy about that, and I really don't think there are any 10-year-olds out there any prepubescent boys or girls who fantasize about being with their hot, muscular English teachers or their creepy, old, 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 uh, not even their own football coaches, supposed charity mentors, whatever the fuck role Sandusky is alleged to have been playing in these boys, in the lives of the boys that he's alleged to have been fucking. Uh, So we need to draw a line between what was going on at Penn State and this kind of cliche and very common fantasy uh, that exists because, you know, by the time you're an older teenager in high school, uh, you know, sophomore, junior, senior, you are uh, coming out the other end of puberty. You are an adult sexually, if not socially. Uh, and you're horny. You're horny as fuck. Uh, and power, as Henry Kissinger once observed, is the ultimate aphrodisiac. And the coaches and the disciplinarians, which we had at my high school, and, uh, you know, the English teacher with the body, these people are, in some cases, you know, maybe a decade older, a decade and change older, so within striking distance, socially and sexually, and you latch on to them, you drink them in. They seem fully adult, fully powerful, fully in the world, fully realized sexually in ways that you are not yet and your peers are not yet, and you fantasize about them. And that porn exists to, you know, meet those needs, to to, to fulfill those fantasies in a way that's safe, legal, responsible, la-di-da-di-da, right? We don't make porn, you know, with sexy English teacher scenarios or coach uh, football player scenarios. Uh, they actually make that porn. They don't make porn with sexy 62-year-old and weeping, ass-raped 10-year-old. They don't. That, that's not a porn genre that exists. 
I actually think that there's no disconnect between the way we're reacting to the Penn State scandal where a 60-something-year-old man was raping prepubescent boys in a locker room, allegedly, and the way we react uh, to porn that features you know, somebody who's supposed to be 17 or 18 years old, 18 perhaps an adult, uh, and somebody who's 25, 26, 30, and the coach. That's, there's a world of difference there, and I would hope that you can see it. You know, just because a locker room is the site of a lot of porn doesn't mean that there's really any connection between people who enjoy that kind of porn and those kind of fantasy scenarios and what was going on at Penn State, allegedly. <laughs> you were very quiet. You have nothing at all to say about raping boys? It's bad. It is. It is very bad. What about a uh, 28-year-old... Oh, God. Sexy English teacher and an 18-year-old high school senior. I was the worst flirt ever with all my teachers. <laughs> I'm totally down with that. But as always, unreciprocated. As it should be. Well. And then people... <laughs> no, but it's true. It's true. And then people have these sort of unresolved fantasies mm-hmm. from a time in their life. You're locked up in that high school building with your coach. It's a highly sexually charged environment. Not because your coaches or teachers want to fuck you. All too often, but oh. often because you want to fuck them. Although I don't remember a single teacher or coach that I wanted to get oh within God, a million really? miles of. No. <gasps> I never had a teacher or coach or anybody that I oh thought, oh, I totally want to be with Mr. Darcy or whatever. Nothing. <laughs> Nobody. Not one. Hi, Dan. I'm a 26-year-old straight male living in Washington, D.C., and I am engaged to a queer woman who until recently had identified as lesbian. Um, something new for me that has come out of this relationship is my partner's interest in anal sex. Um, not, not, not for me to give her anal sex, but for her to give me anal sex. Um, this is something that's very new to me and I'm not quite sure how to approach it. Um, we have been playing since this has come up. She has gotten a few fingers up my ass, and she has even gotten her dildo up my ass at one point. And when paired with oral sex, uh, it has been something that I can get into, but this seems like something that my partner wants to continue to push a little further and further, and eventually um, she wants to fuck me with her strap on. and. While I'm not opposed to this, I'm also kind of nervous about it, and I'm not quite sure how to get comfortable with it and how to make sure that when time comes for this, that I'm comfortable with it and I'm enjoying it and I'm creating a space where my partner can enjoy it a lot, too. So if you have any advice for uh, a straight guy getting fucked in the ass with a strap on, and how to make that a great time for all parties. I would really appreciate your advice. I have to say that as a haver of butt sex, and I am a haver of butt sex, I felt a little judged by some of the looks on your faces as we listened to that call. You seemed a little shocked and appalled at the idea of a man being anally penetrated. No, I'm just scared for him. Why? Men get fucked in the ass all the time. I don't know. (laughs) I'm okay with butt sex. 
I think it's great. I just, I don't know. I just keep picturing. He's like, and she's going to go further and further. I'm like, what's going to happen? Eventually, the dildo falls out of his mouth. Well, that's what I kept thinking. It's going to come out the other side. No, it's not. <laughs> um, some advice for Bert's first time getting fucked in the butters? For, for me? Yeah. I don't know. I guess a lot of lube and patience. Lube and patience. Yeah. You know, I, I think what he was tr- trying to get at uh, in this inelegantly asked question, and also, I'll admit, inelegantly answered so far by both of us, <laughs> is that, you know, what's in it for him? He's had fingers in his ass during oral, so he's being orally stimulated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she would slip a finger up his butt, and she enjoys that, and he would enjoy her enjoyment. But what he's primarily enjoying at that moment is getting blown. Mm. And... The fingers in the butt are pleasurable in that context. And he's worried about what she wants to do is just she wants to fuck him. And so her mouth won't be down there around his dick. So what's in it for him? What's in getting fucked for him? Because he's not going to get blown. And here's what's getting in getting fucked for you. Your right hand. Your right hand plays the role that her mouth played. Your right hand, uh, you stroke yourself, you give yourself pleasure while she bones your ass with that dildo. Uh, and you can do it. You can do it. Watch a little bit of gay porn. And mm. what you're going to see, most of the guys who are hard during gay porn are also being stroked or stroking themselves. Uh, and then you get this sort of feedback loop between the prostate stimulation and the you know what being penetrated anally kind of feels like and symbolizes what it means and what it does for you, for her. Uh, and you create this really powerful you know, erotic feedback loop. Uh, and, and most guys, you know, if they're not stroking themselves during penetration, they can't sort of go there. They can't create that loop. But if they're hard and they're aroused and they're being stroked, uh, they can really enjoy anal penetration. It's the same thing. I actually think it's kind of analogous to the way most women require clitoral stimulation in addition to being penetrated vaginally in order to climax. Mm-hmm. They need a little more. They need their clits played with. Well, guys who get butt fucked need their dicks played with while they're being butt fucked in order to enjoy it. You're going to discover that you are one of those guys. That's what you get for marrying a lesbian. Ah! Gotta say. That's what you get for uh, taking a lesbian-identified woman and being such an awesome dude that you turned her into a, uh, a queer. Into uh, a, I guess, bi now. Yeah. And uh, she's used to sometimes wearing the dick uh, all those times she was with ladies. And she pulled out her strap-on dildo and got to be the fucker. And now she's with you, and so that means every once in a while you're going to be the fucked. That's what you get. Nice. And it's awesome, in a way. <laughs> Although Lucy admitted, you were scared. You were making horror-struck faces. For him. Why are you afraid for him? I don't know. Tip for newbie buttfuckers uh, when it comes to getting pegged, which is what this is. You're going to get your ass pegged. Uh, if you're worried about poop, and a lot mm. of people are worried about poop, you know, if she fucks you with a strap-on dildo, uh, you know, there could be issues. Uh, I, I recommend... So that you don't have to worry about it, at least those first few times. Female condoms. Ah. Trash can liners. Ass oh. can liners. Let's <laughs> call them. Uh, because you, you put that in, you, you shove that in the orifice, and then you fuck the condom, basically. But the condom stays still. That way, uh, when she pulls out the dildo, she's not going to pull anything out of your ass. That's good to If know. you're worried. So you can put the female condom in your own ass. She can fuck the shit around in you, but not out of you. <laughs> Uh, and then you can have a moment alone in the bathroom after and yank out that female condom without having to worry about uh, Santorum. Santorum or getting Santorum on her or uh, letting her see it. Eek. So good luck. Have fun. Yay. Yay for you and your freshly fucked ass. Give us a call after you uh, get boned and let us know how it went. 
Hi, Dan. This is a 21-year-old kinky college student. I have just entered into a new relationship with this guy. We met over a non-sketch college dating website. It was very cool. I didn't actually expect to meet anyone on there because I'm going out of the country for a study abroad program for just one term, so three months. So it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But I honestly didn't expect to find anyone, and then this guy just answers me really witty, and we meet up for coffee, meet up again, meet again, now we're in a relationship. And it's going really well, except, well, I joined the site partially because I wanted to, (laughs) I needed an ego boost because I had ended a relationship with a guy three months beforehand, and we had been, we'd broken up and gotten back together four times within the space of about nine months. It was very emotionally stressful, but it was exciting. And so now I'm in a relationship with a really stable, sweet guy, and I'm kind of freaking out. I mean, it's not as exciting as it was before, but it's so much more stable. And like when we're in bed together, we do have these moments of really good intimacy and just warmth, and I trust him, and it's great, but... I'm finding that I'm more sexually mature than him. And so that's kind of hard. And my ex and I, we were really, really sexually compatible. And so it's hard to miss that too. And I don't want to get back together with my ex. My friends didn't like him. And he was just really emotionally trying and just tore me up. But I'm not completely on fire for this person that I'm with now. So I'm really confused on what to do. I don't know exactly what I'm feeling for this person. He said he'll wait for me when I go study abroad, and he studied abroad too, so he's well and prepared for that situation, and I don't have any doubts about him being loyal. It just it seems too secure, and I'm freaking out. I don't have the faintest idea what's going on here. She was with some guy, there was shitloads of drama, but the sex was awesome. Now she's with some guy who's awesome, but the sex is a little boring, it just sounds like rebound sex on her way out of town, and yes. she needs to break up with this guy because he's not it. He was a nice little palate cleanser after Drama Boy, but he ain't it. And she needs to go study abroad and fuck abroad and let him get on with his life here. Agreed. So I did get it because I thought I wasn't really following the question. No, agreed. Well, I think she's trying to make it seem like a bigger relationship than it is because she doesn't want to look at herself and be like, oh, I'm with him because I need sex and I need a rebound and I need stability after all that insanity. On my way out of town. On my way out of town. But that's all I need. Correct. And so this, so she's the villain in this piece a little bit because she's using this guy right. for sex and a little bit of sanity, a palate cleanser after Drama Boy. But that's all she wants from him. Right. Don't drag him along. Don't make him wait for you while you study abroad. That's so horrible. Just because you want someone waiting for you. And, da, 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 da. and you like the idea that he's willing to make that sacrifice for you. But it doesn't sound like you're that into him. No. That line about, oh, I'm more sexually mature than he is. Uh, you're more sexually experienced. Or he's not into the same shit that you're into. You say you're kinky. I assume this drama boy relationship. He was a kinkster too. And there was a lot of... Sturm and Drang that was, you know, coincided but unrelated to the kink. Whatever. You're just not into that guy. Mm-mm. And you think it's about her self-conception. She doesn't, want to, she doesn't want to think of herself as the kind of person who would use a guy for sex. 
Right. She likes she likes having someone she can sleep with and go out with. And I did I did this same exact thing this summer, I can tell you. I did this same thing. And you know what I did? I left on this job and never even dumped the guy. <gasps> Bye. Horrible. Uh, this job with me? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, you're the worst person in the world. Get out of my room. But that's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. And I feel really bad about it. But I should have never been with that person in the first place. I was like, oh, he's funny and it looks okay on paper. And I was like... What if he's listening? Oh, it's fine. Sorry. Break up with him now. I'm sorry. It's over. I'm a bad person. He's not listening, is he? <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. He was he was a really nice guy, but it just wasn't for me. And I didn't have the balls to just say, this isn't for me. And instead I used going away as my excuse. And it was stupid. And she can use going away as her excuse. And that's fine. But I don't think it's necessarily, you know, if you used him for sex... So long as you didn't abuse him for no. sex. Did you nice. mislead him? Did you let him make false assumptions no. No. consciously? No, but I know that I was seeing him because I was... Horny. I was horny. I was lonely. I was new to New York. So it was like, oh, well, here's this person who wants to sleep with me, who wants to take me to dinner, who... After I had been in this long, crazy relationship. So it was nice to have someone stable. stable for a while. Yeah. And he got something out of it. Oh, yeah. He got something into it. <laughs> for and sure. something out of it. He got something in and out and in and out and in and out and eventually out. Now he's gone and, you know, that's life. Yeah. That's rebound sex. Yeah. So to you know, back to the caller. If we can get off the subject of you for five sorry, seconds, Lucy. Sorry about it. Get back to the caller. You rebounded. You put up. Uh, you put out a personal ad. You went looking for a dude. Right. I did. I found. I met him online. You found him. <laughs> you fucked the shit out of him. He likes you more than you like him. Mm-hmm. The sex is fine for him. Not so great for you. Mm-hmm. And now you have this exit. You're going to study abroad. Just like Lucy was going on the road with me. You're going to study abroad. This is the time to draw a line and say, you're nice, you're wonderful, I'm really glad I met you, you were exactly who I needed to be with for these three months, but it's over. Yeah, and you're totally going to hook up abroad. I studied abroad. It was awesome. Have fun. All right, we're going to leave it there. 206-201-2720 is the number. If you'd like to record a question or call for your future show, give us a buzz. We are soliciting your calls about your worst holiday sex stories. 206-201-2720. Please share with us your terrifying tales of sex back at mom and dad's. Uh, and we'll run those calls around Christmas. Uh, this is our last show together, Lucy. You are, you are, we're never going to see each other again. No, don't say that. We my, will. My road wife. I know. Did my laundry, made me dinner, <laughs> didn't fuck me. Nope. But haters, she's gone. This is it. Lucy will only, uh, she'll only spend time with me if MTV is paying her to. It's not <laughs> like she'll ever see me again for free. Why don't you give the number really quickly before we go? 206. 201-2720 To record a call or question for a future program This is me and Lucy Coming to you live uh, via podcast from New Orleans uh, Where we are recording on an episode of Savage You Which you'll be seeing soon 206-201-2720 is the number uh, All y'all, give us a call Lucy, me and Luce, we're gonna go Watch some boys waggle their peenies around <laughs> <laughs> and me and the tech savvy at Risk Youth, me and me alone. Mm. We'll be back at you next week with another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for downloading and thank you, Lucy. Thank for you. Coming on with me these weeks. Thank you.